Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. It says this. So I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may what? That you may know that you have eternal life. And then Galatians 2 says this, and yet we know that a person is not justified, is not made right with God by the works of the law, but rather through what? Through faith in Jesus Christ. That is the word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat, everybody. You know, as we all reflect back on our high school years, yeah, we all remember that, that specific teacher that was really, really strict, right? We all had that teacher that was strict back in school. And in my school, First Baptist School of Hialeah, listen, we also had that teacher. We were no different. And the teacher at our school that was really strict was Mr. Yerena, Mr. Yerena. And uh, he was almost, he was our math teacher. He was a shorter guy with short hair, um, kind of strong looking. He was, had a karate background. And he was a no-nonsense type of guy. In fact, whenever we would be around him, we would be on our best behavior. In fact, I have a picture of him so you can see who he is. I have a mental picture of who he is. That's me and him. Yeah, back in high school, back in school. And folks, through the years, I was one of the few students that was in good standing with Mr. Yerena. Yeah. In fact, I was one of his favorite students. So much so, so much so that when it came to take elective courses, everyone was taking PE, home ec, and I decided to take physics with Mr. Yerena. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but I took physics. Now, mind you. Back when I was in school, I used to do this silly, silly thing that when someone would bend down, I would make a fart noise. Yeah, I know. Super silly, right? And one day I was sitting in physics class, in that physics class, and Mr. Yelena was just writing an equation on the board, and for whatever reason, his marker top fell and went right around his desk. And so you can just envision, he just starts, you know, walking towards it. And I'm sitting in the front row of class, and to my left is my good friend, Emmanuel. So when as he starts making his way to go pick up the marker top, I look at Emmanuel, I'm like this, oh yeah. <laughs> and Emmanuel's like this. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is happening. So the moment that he bends down, I go, in the middle of class, yeah. And folks, I thought, I thought he was going to find it so funny. Not quite. Listen, I've never seen that man so angry in his life to the point, to the point that he wanted to expel me from school. But by the grace of God and the grace of our principal, I only got a one-day suspension, all right? But listen, it was clear that on that day, I went from being in good standing with Mr. Yerena to bad standing with Mr. Yerena. 
And from that point on, you know, my goal was to get back on his good side, right? To get back in good standing. So whenever I would go to class, I would volunteer. I would show up to class early. I would raise my hands to answer questions. And I would do whatever it was, I was can to get myself out of that bad standing. But every day when I would go into class, I really never knew where I stood with him. You know, some days I've, it seemed like I was in good standing with him. And some days... It seems like things had not changed. So I really never knew where I stood with him. But, and so my relationship with my teacher was uncertain at best. Now, family, let me just bring that, that whole silly story over to our teaching for today. Because what an image of how many people view their relationship with God. And by that, I mean that just like I never had certainty of where I stood with my teacher, folks, just like that, and here's the big idea for this weekend, many people are never certain as to where they stand in their relationship with God. Because for them, because they think this, they think, well, if I am living a good life, then I'm in really good standing with God. But the moment that I mess up, the moment that I sin, the moment that I stumble in my walk, well, something changes. Now I'm not in good standing with God. And maybe that's you today here at one of our campuses. And you think in your mind, you know, every time that I mess up in my walk, every time that I sin, man, now I feel like I'm in the outs with God. That I'm not right with God. That I'm not in good standing with God. And so you really, truth be known, you really never know where you stand with your creator. So that raises a question, doesn't it? Could we, could you or I ever be certain on where we stand with God? Can we ever know for sure where we stand? Well, we're going to find out from Galatians chapter 2. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 2. And you can follow along in our listening guides as well as in our app. And church family, with that in mind, I'm going to have two thoughts for you today on how you and I can know where we stand with God. But here's the first thing we need to understand. Write this down as point number one. The message of religion, the message of man-made religion, always brings uncertainty to us. Now, before we dive into the passage for today, let me just give us a quick context, a background of what we're about to read. Because the Apostle Paul had started a church in the region of Galatia, which is the church we call the Galatian church. And so shortly after he started that church, there's some men who came in with a different message. And the message that those people came in with is saying, listen, in your terms with your relationship with God, you got to be sure that you are obeying. you got to be sure that you are following the traditions, that you're following the rituals. Because if you don't, listen, you're not in right standing with God. And so the people in the Galatian church began to be a little confused, began to be a little uncertain of where they stood with God. So Paul writes to them to correct their understanding. And so listen to what he tells them in Galatians chapter 2. He says, now, yet we know that a person is not what? Justified by the works of the law. 
a family, circle the word justify, because it looks like an insignificant word, but it's extremely important. Because the word there, justify, means to be declared righteous. Not that we are righteous, because none of us are righteous, but that we are declared righteous by God. Or another way of thinking is to be, made, to be declared right in right standing before God. So another way of just reading this verse, just so it's, it's easier for us to wrap our minds around it, would be, yet we know that a person is not right with God by obeying the law of God. Now, folks, let's just meditate on that for a moment. Because obeying the law of God does not lead us to be right with God. Let me repeat that. Obeying the law of God, the commandments of God, being a good person does not lead us to be in right standing with him. Now, the more that we meditate on this simple yet profound statement, the more shocking it is. And the reason it's shocking is because you and I are so accustomed in our life to be either rewarded or penalized based on our actions, aren't we? You know, with my, with my wife, listen, if I'm sweet to my wife, if I do all the right things, get right, I'm in good standing with my wife. If I don't do the right things and I'm mean to her, guess what? I'm not in good standing with my wife. Listen, if you obey the law and you pay your taxes, guess what? You are in good standing with the government, aren't you? But the moment you don't obey the law, the moment you don't pay your taxes, guess what? You're, you're no longer in good, in good standing. Listen, for students, if you behave and you follow what the teacher's asking you to do in class, guess what? You're a star student. The moment you don't do that, guess what? You're not a star student, right? You're getting detentions at school. But folks, when it comes to God, our acceptance of him, our standing before him, is in no way impacted by our actions. And folks, the reason that this whole thought just kind of messes with our mind once we start thinking through it, it because not only does it go against logic and what we're used to in the, in the patterns of life, but also write this down as letter A, religion, man-made religion, it, they teach that good works lead to good standing with God. Now, one thing that you can tell from every single man-made religion, from every single era in this world, is that they all believe that we are, have done wrong, right? They call it sin, they call it whatever, which way, but there's something in us that's not right, that's not being, that, that we're not accepted by God, and that the only way to be right with God and to eventually enter into heaven is if our good works, our good deeds outweigh our bad deeds. If we obey the commandments and we are good in our life. And folks, let me just give you a, a quick little example of what I mean by this. A few years ago, I was, I was in Chicago and I went to the Field Museum, a uh, famous, famous museum there. And I was walking through and I saw a section that says Ancient Egypt Exhibit. So I started walking around and within there, there is a sign that says the Book of the Dead. And I'm thinking, what in the world is the Book of the Dead? So I go look at it. And to make a long story short, the Book of the Dead is a guide on how ancient Egyptians 
would not only be right with God, but eventually be able to enter into heaven. Can I show you really quick what I saw? So for example, when, when someone would die, they would first go before a God that would welcome them into this underworld, and then that God would send them to 42 other different gods. Yeah, 42. And here's what's crazy about it. You'll see now. When, when that person would go between these 42 different gods, they had to convince each individual God that they lived a good life. And after trying to convince all these 42 different gods, and they all had to agree, then once you spend all that time, then you go to another God who would weigh your heart against a feather. And here's the reason behind this. If your heart weighed more than a feather, that means you were lying and you really weren't a good person. But if the feather weighed more than your heart, then that means you were telling the truth and you were in fact a good person. Your good, your good works outweigh your bad, deed, your bad works. And then and only then, then you will be able to enter into paradise and to be able to spend eternity with your family. Now family, the reason I show you all this, because it stood out to me, is because when we are left to our own devices to try to figure out how to make things right with God and how to be in good standing with God, we come up with stuff like that, don't we? Now, now you may be thinking, pastor, listen, you don't gotta worry about us because we're believers, we're Christians. Man, we don't struggle with this. We don't struggle with our good works and be accepted by God. Well, listen, church family, this is more pervasive in the Christian church than you realize. In fact, the Pew, the Center for, the Pew Research Center made a huge study just recently, and they asked 4,700 different people the following question. Here's a question. Do you believe that God will judge all people based on their deeds? In other words, when they come before God at the end of their life, will God judge people and allow them to enter into heaven based on the good or the bad that they did in their life? And here is how they answered. These are the people who said yes. 82% of Protestants said yes. 73% of Catholics said yes. 37% of Jewish people said yes, and 2% of atheists said yes. Now, I don't know what happened with these atheists. 2% of them said, yes, I believe God will judge me on my deeds, but I don't believe in God. So I don't know what happened there, but, you know, 2% said that. But, but folks, here's, join me in this, because when I saw this, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, 82%, it kind of makes sense. They believe in God, the whole deal. I started thinking, wait a second. Scripture is very clear that God will not ultimately judge us based on our deeds. So why are 82% of people saying yes? The answer is no. But yet, they said 82. Now, you can start arguing, well, maybe they, they didn't understand the question or whatever, but nevertheless, the point is, is that you can tell there's mass confusion within the Christian church as to how our, how our good works, our good life, determines our standing with God. Are you, are you tracking with me there? And so folks, listen, 
just so you understand how great of an issue this is, this whole concept is, the greatest error that the Christian church has had to battle for the last 2,000 years is battling this notion that your good works, your good actions determine, determine your standing before God. And this doctrine is like a cancer that comes into the, Christ, the body of Christ. And once we allow, we start thinking that our good deeds starts impacting or standing before God, listen, it is so hard to get rid of. That is why Paul spends a whole letter to the church in Galatia correcting this misunderstanding. But here's the thing, even though this whole notion that our good works make us right before God, even though on the outside it makes sense, it's like, okay, it makes sense, it sounds good on the outside, but really it proves terrible in practice. In fact, write this down as letter B. It's because religion provides no assurance on our standing before God. Here's what I mean by that. A few years back, I've, told, I've shared with you um, that my dad's side of the family is Muslim, and so you know, they're all, some of them are practicing Muslim, some of them are not, but they're, they're Muslim by descent. And so I was there in London, and I was watching TV, and I knew my aunt was in the kitchen making dolma. It's like these Mediterranean grape leaves dish, right, that you have to get your hands dirty. So I said, you know what, let me join her. So I went in there, washed my hands, and I began to make dolma with her. And so this topic came, came about. And I, and I asked her, I said, Hala, you know, Hala is Turkish for aunt. I said, Hala, how are you right? How do you know you're right with, with your God? Like, how do you know you, you're, you're, you're in good standing with him? And then she said, Halam, which is the way she replies, Halam, it's by doing good, good being a good person, by, by obeying the commands of God. And then I said, well, Hala, how do you know if you've ever done enough? to be in good standing with him. Folks, at that moment, she just stopped. She just looked up and she said, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. And family, the moment she said those words to me, my heart's broke. Because I realized that even though she would consider herself religious, there was no certainty in her heart as to, as to what, whether she was right with God. And can I tell you, there are billions and billions of people on this earth right now that have no clue where they stand with their creator. In fact, if you were to press your friends, your family members, your coworkers that don't, that don't have a relationship with Christ, if you press them, how do you know if you're right with God? The be- Most of them will say, I don't know. And the best they'll say is, I think I'm good with God, but there's no certainty. But folks, here's the thing. Our God never created, created us, designed us, so that we would walk through life wondering where we are understanding with God. Amen? And so, folks, listen, if the message of man-made religion brings uncertainty, write this down as big number two. The message of God... The glorious gospel. Listen, it always brings certainty. It brings certainty and clarity. In fact, listen to what 1 John chapter 5 says. It says, I write these things to you, the word of God, 
For those of you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may what? Come on louder. So you may what? You may know that you have eternal life. See, folks, the whole purpose of Scripture is not only to reveal to us who he is, God's character, God's plan, but also to reveal to us how we can be in right standing with him so that you live your life completely secure, completely confident of where you stand with the Lord. And here's what God's word tells us. Write this down as letter A, that only faith in Christ leads us to good standing with him. Amen? In fact, let's go back to the passage for today really quick. It says, yet we know that a person is not justified, is not declared righteous, is not in right standing with God by the works of God's law, but through what? But through faith in Jesus Christ. And family, here's a simple message that God has for all of humanity. That only your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ could lead you to be in right standing with God. Amen? And not only that, folks, listen, not only, not only does it take us from being in bad standing with God because of our sin to good standing with God. But listen, the Bible says that the moment you put your faith in Christ, he forgives you of all of your sins. And get this. You start a relationship with God, but not just a regular relationship with God, but the Bible says that he adopts you as a son and daughter, amen? That now you have this father-son, father-daughter relationship with God. That's, the, that's what grace is. It takes you from being bad standing with God to be a son, to being a daughter of the living God. It's an amazing truth, family. Now, you may be here for the very first time or just starting to join us, and you may be wondering, Pastor, I'm tracking with you, but, but, how can it, how can that be? I mean, how could it be just faith, and why faith in Jesus? Like, why not faith in Muhammad? Why not faith in Buddhist teachings? Why not faith in Confucius? Why not faith in any, any other religion? Why only Jesus. Well, here's what you need to understand. God's standard, God's standard for us to stand before him and be in relationship with him is perfect, obedient, and no sin. That's the standard. And the only person in history that has ever lived a perfect life of obedience and never sinned was who? Was Jesus Christ. So here's where we see the wisdom of God. Even though we could not stand before God, listen, God sent his son to this earth to perfectly obey for us, for us, so that in him we can stand before God. So in him we can stand before God. And see, this is why God's word tells us this. Listen, for our sake, he made him to be sin, Jesus, right, became man, who knew no sin, who was perfect, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. See, there's something about our faith that connects us to Jesus Christ. So when we stand before God, God doesn't see your sin. He sees the perfect obedience in Christ. Amen? 
And so in a way, listen, in a way, are we saved by works? Absolutely. Whose works? Jesus' works, not our works. Amen? We're only saved by faith. And so, folks, listen, not only does our faith lead us to be in good standing with God, write this down as letter B. Our faith also keeps our good standing with God. You know, going back to the Galatian church, there was a, they conceded, those false teachers, they conceded, okay, okay, we get it. Listen, we believe that now, we, we concede that only through faith can you be in right standing with God, start a relationship with God. But, but, in order to keep that right standing with God, you got to obey the commandments of God. You got to fulfill those traditions and you got to do those rituals. Otherwise, listen, that standing with God, guess what? Starts diminishing little by little. And who knows? Maybe you're here today and that's you. You have a relationship with the Lord. You know the Lord. You put your faith in the Lord a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, years ago, whatever. But somewhere in your mind, you think, you know, I'm going to keep my standing with God as long as I do all that I'm supposed to do. I, as long as I'm involved in church, I come to church, I'm good with my family, I'm good, I, I'm good with the government, I'm good with my, fa- with my children, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I don't get into some stuff that I don't need to get into. As long as I do that, man, I'm good with God. But oh boy, the moment you mess up, the moment that you sin, Something about your standing with God starts deteriorating. You don't know really where you stand with God. Now you feel like you've, you've kind of started breaking down that standing. And so many of us, listen, we may have that perception of our relationship with God. But let me show you how absurd that is. As you all know, listen, I have a beautiful 10-month little baby girl. Her name is Camila, right? She's the cutest, right? And, and he, here's the thing. Look, imagine I would get Camila right there. And I would say, hey, little baby girl, listen, I love you so much. And my love for you is so great. You're my daughter. I'm your daddy. And listen, my love for you will never change unless you start messing up in life. (laughs) Listen, if you don't drink your milk, I don't know if I'm going to love you too much. Listen, when you grow up and you are in kindergarten, listen, if I get bad reports from the teacher, listen, my love for you is not going to be the same. You know, when you grow up and you come back home late from curfew, listen, I don't know if I'm going to be accept you. I don't know if I'm going to love you the same. Now, folks, I know we chuckle at this, at this because we all know as parents how absurd that is. Like nothing could ever change. But you know what? Sometimes we do the same with it with God. That's the relationship we have with God. That as long as we keep the obedience list, then we're good. We're, we're loved by God. We're accepted by God. But listen, what a terrible way for my daughter to live if that was the case. Would she be secure? Would she have peace in her life? Absolutely not. She would never know, coming back home, how am I with daddy today? She will never know that, right? But that's sometimes how we treat, how we, our relationship with the Lord is. But let me remind you, listen, if your good works, if your obedience didn't get you to be in good standing with God, then surely your disobedience or when you mess up gets you out of standing with good standing with God. Does that make sense? Listen, if our good deeds didn't get us in right standing with God, then when we're not so good, it doesn't take us away 
from being right standing with God. And folks, listen, we're in this series called Unsinkable, right? And if you want your faith to sink, listen, the easiest way for your faith to sink, to start crumbling before God, is to think that his acceptance of you and his love for you is based on how you obey, on how good you perform. But if you want your life to remain unsinkable, your faith unsinkable and steady, listen, you need to really hold on to the rock-solid truth that you're standing before God is because it's due to your faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Amen? But folks, listen, let me also warn you of a potential pitfall. Because even though your faith in God enables you to be in good standing with him, listen, your obedience, your, your good works do matter. In fact, write this down as letter C. Because our good works, what they do is that they confirm they confirm your good standing with God. See, once the Galatians understood this, that their faith was the one thing that would bring them in good standing with God, then, then they were in danger of making another crucial mistake, thinking that their good works, that their obedience didn't matter. In fact, in fact listen to what um, Apostle Paul tells them just two chapters later. He says, listen, you were called to freedom Listen, you were made free from that bondage that your good works led you to be right standing with God. You were free from that. But only do not let use your freedom as an opportunity for the what? For the flesh, for your sinful desires. But through love, you serve one another. In other words, just because you're standing with God is solely dependent and sustained by your faith in Christ doesn't mean that you should not strive for obedience. And church, if the first great error of the church is to think that our good works, our obedience get us to good standing with God, then the second great error of the Christian church is thinking that our obedience and the way we live our lives do not matter. In fact, listen to what A.W. Tozer, the great theologian, listen to what he said about this very topic. He said, to escape the error of salvation by works, we have fallen into the opposite error of salvation without what? Without obedience. So here's what every believer should ask of himself. If we were to look at your private life, we would put it on that screen. We're looking at your life confirmed that you are in fact a child of God. If we were to look at your marriage, how you treat your spouse, would we say that person? Oh yeah, they know the Lord. If we were to look students at the way you behave at school, the, your language that you use, the way you text people, the music you listen to, how you carry yourself students, would we see that person knows what it means to be forgiven by God, knows what it means to be in a relationship with God. If we were to print out your bank account statement, put it up on screen, line by line, could we see that person honors the Lord with their finances? That person has, has a relationship with the Lord. You know, if we were to look at your purity, what you search online, what you search in social media, would we be able to say, well, that person has experienced the mercy and the grace of God? Listen, 
you've got to ask yourself those hard questions. If we were to look at the private area of your life, will it confirm that you have a relationship with God? Amen? We've got to ask ourselves those hard questions. And here's, what, and here's how we should live our life. Listen, we should pursue obedience. We should pursue holiness because we're no longer in fear that if we fail, God will judge us. See, that is what freedom in Christ is. Freedom in Christ is that now you are free to pursue the things of God, the, the obedience, you're, you're free to pursue the, 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 the holy things of God without being fear, without fear that if you mess up, that you're going to be penalized. But what? We're, we're free to pursue the things of God. Why? Because we've already been accepted by God. Amen? See, church family, listen, don't, don't miss this portion. Because the reason that we obey, the reason we pursue, the reason that we pursue holiness, it's not so that we can be accepted by God. It's not so that we can be loved by God. It's not so we can be experience the love of God. But the reason that we pursue the things of God, that we obey, is because we've already been accepted by God. Because we've already been forgiven by God. Because we've already experienced the love of God. Amen? Listen, that is the reason that we pursue the things of God, because we've already have all that we need, and we can be at peace. And so, listen, my encouragement to all of us is because we've been accepted, because we've been forgiven, because we have been loved by God, and we know where our standing is, listen, we can, lead, we can live a life completely at peace. And the day that we die, as we approach that moment in our life where we're going to end this life, we can enter into that moment of our life, you know what, completely at peace. Because we know where we stand with God. So let me end with this. As many of you know, you know, my, my brother raised me. Um, and, you know, she was a, to my mom my grandma, she was a big part of, of the person who raised me. And so... You know, my grandma was really like a second mom to me, and, you know, for, for me, you know, for our, for our family, we knew that when she would, would, it would turn to, for her to pass away, it would be very hard, and she, she did pass away um, early this year. And as just reflect on those moments uh, as she was in her last weeks and her, her last days, as she was there on her deathbed, listen, it was a very sorrowful time for us. It was, a very, it was a difficult time where we were saying our goodbyes. But can I tell you, listen, the one thing that I can notice in my grandmother, it was a deep sense of peace. You know why she had peace? Because she knew that because of her faith in Christ, when she would close her eyes for the very last time and open them up, she will see the Lord. You know when wouldn't it be peaceful? If while we were on her deathbed, if we had to recount all the good things she did. If we would have to, did her good works, did her good life outweigh the bad things? Listen, there's no peace there. But the fact that she had faith in God, in Christ, she had peace and it was evident. And you know, 
towards the end of her life, she would always take time to always uh, just counsel me, just give me advice all the time. And one day I decided just to record some of her words. She didn't know it, but I, was, I did it anyway. And so listen to her words of advice to me. It's all about faith. Take it here. Abuela, si tú me, si me dieras uno, uno consejo, un consejo a mí, o sea, para mi vida, para... ¿Qué sería? Uno cuánto consejo. Pero yo te aconsejaría Ajá. que nunca pierdan a ser Dios. Ajá. Siempre sirve con el Señor, que Él te proveerá todo. Poco o mucho te lo va a proveer. Pero si tú pierdes la fe en el Señor, se te desvanece todo. Eso es todo lo que yo te podría decir. Sí. Ya. Que nunca pierdas tu fe. Gracias, ¿Y qué más? Bueno, con, con la fe se hace todo. You know, um, faith is really the, only, the most important thing, right? And maybe you're here today, and deep down in your heart, you know that when you, you right now you don't have no peace in your heart. You don't know where you stand with God. And when you die, you don't have that assurance. You just don't know. And you're saying, Pastor, I want to have that assurance. I want to have that peace. Uh, today, listen, I realize it's only by faith, so I want to put my faith in God today. Listen, if that's you, if that's you, I want to give you that opportunity today, okay? At all campuses, bow our head for prayer. And let's close our eyes. Father, we come before you and we realize of what a gracious God you are. You are an amazing God. And so, Father, we, all of us who put your faith, our faith in you, Lord, we thank you that we can rest and live our life completely at peace. That we're right with you, Lord. And, and we're just grateful, Lord. With all heads bowed, though, and all eyes closed, I want to just... Those of us here today who do not have a relationship with God, I want to lead you through a prayer today at all campuses because you know what's going on in your heart. And if you say, today I need to take that step, I want to lead you through a prayer. And listen, when I lead you through this prayer, that is not a poem or a script. It's just me helping you pray to the Lord. But listen, when you, when you pray, pray this quietly, but you pray this to the Lord, not to me. Okay, I'm simply a man. I cannot do anything for you, but only God. He's waiting for you. And so if that's you, pray this quietly to yourself. Lord, today I realize that even though I've been relying on my good works, it's never enough, Lord, because of my sin. And so today, Lord, I come before you. And Lord, I put my trust and my faith in you all today. And Lord, I ask you for forgiveness of sin, of all of my sin. Lord, I ask you to give me everlasting life. And Lord, as I move forward, Lord, I know I'm not, I won't be perfect. But help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. And Lord, even when I fail, remind me. And my walk with you, my standing with you is not due to my perfect obedience, 
but it's due to my faith in you. Thank you, Lord, for how good you are to me. So in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmami.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.